0: an unexpected story out of the so-called hot labor summer. Strippers United will never be divided. Binge all four episodes of Imperfect Paradise Strippers Union wherever you get your podcasts.
1: L.A.S. Studios.
2: in the backpack and recording, in theory.
0: From LA's studios, this is How To LA. We're gonna hope
2: for the best. And
0: I'm Megan Botel, one of the producers here.
2: I'm Evan Jacoby, the other producer. So
0: let's go find me a bird, is that what they're still called? Today, I'm taking Evan's route to work. Well, kind of. Okay, okay, I took a bird scooter, he usually bikes, but I did get on the train with him and made a transfer. The spirit is the same, we did not drive a car to work today.
2: That's right. Today we are talking about how to live car free in one of the most car centric cities in the world.
0: And how feasible is that anyway? <laughs> now what? Is it motorized? Yeah. I'm scared.
2: Hold down the go button and then pedal like two or three times and it'll start.
0: How do you how do you stop?
2: These are brake pedals. That's your bell.
0: Do I go behind you? I'm gonna go behind you. I'm holding it down all the way. You're doing excellent. I don't like all the bumps.
3: We have a culture that's used to driving most places. This is known as a car capital of the U.S. at least. We're used to all of our freeways and be able to get in our car and go somewhere.
2: This is Ryan Fonseca. He writes the Essential California newsletter for the LA Times, but for a long time, he reported on transportation and mobility issues
3: for LAist. To change that would really require going against decades and decades of policy and kind of street redesigning, and a really just kind of basic structure of how we think about transportation that's very car-centric. Redesigning streets to slow drivers down. Fewer lanes for cars, more narrow lanes, more bike infrastructure, more pedestrian infrastructure, like more crosswalks and higher visibility, and even keeping some places car free. It just hasn't been really something that's been adopted sort of on the whole in Los Angeles and in a lot of other cities all around the US.
0: Okay, so give us a quick, where are we at? Where are we going?
2: Uh, so this is 4th Street. We are going from Miracle Mile to Pasadena. We're going through Hancock Park right now. We're coming up on the first of two major downhill areas. The bottom of this intersection is one of the only ones that actually kind of spooks me, because a lot of cars run this stop sign and it's a little bit blind.
0: That doesn't seem very biker friendly.
3: Two pedestrians don't stumble into each other in the street and get killed. And it's very rare that someone on a bike hits someone else and and gets killed. It's people driving cars that, that hit them. And so when you force drivers to slow down, pay more attention, you design the roads in a way that puts other road users at less risk when someone makes those mistakes behind the wheel, that's the sort of main factor that will actually make streets safer.
2: Talk about being on your, on the road you're on.
0: On the road? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a super pleasant and exhilarating way to wake up, to start your day like this, like fresh air, the wind in my face, I just feel like I love architecture and being out on the street, riding past it like this, I'm able to take it in way more. It's affecting me a lot. <laughs>
2: wow. Wow. Yeah, this one's really fun. All of them. So, so far you've been on a residential street that is a designated bike lane. We are now going to be approaching commercial streets with neither designation nor protection.
0: So give me a tip.
2: You just gotta pretend to be a car and hope for the best.
0: And Ryan points out that despite our current car-centric landscape, LA actually used to be a leader in public transit.
3: Well, yeah, if you look at sort of Los Angeles over time, in the early 1900s, we had a pretty robust trolley system this network went everywhere basically in the entire greater LA metro area. A lot of people used it. People were actually choosing that over their personal cars at the time. It was, you know, really seen as a superior way to get around. Maybe you remember the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Some character says something to the effect of, like, why would I need a car? Like, LA has the best transportation system in the world. What we saw was a real transition to personal vehicles starting in the 50s and 60s and the really sort of building out of the highway and and freeway system. There has been sort of conspiracies that car companies and oil companies bought up the trolley system and there's a little nugget of truth there, but it's not so cut and dry that it was like a full-on conspiracy. But the car industry really needed to sell cars. They advocated for policies that favored drivers and favored designing roads to make them wider and you know faster for people driving cars to make life easier for people driving cars that was sort of the goal and mission in those early decades of the automobile. So something like jaywalking that we think of now that exists didn't exist you know back in the early 1900s. It basically was a term that was adopted by the car companies to shame pedestrians out of the street and then eventually was sort of used to rewrite traffic laws in a way that would penalize people for walking in the street those kind of local rules were sort of then taken and they became a template that was adopted across the nation. LA car culture really did influence kind of the national car-centric mentality we have today.
0: Do you ever wake up in the morning and just feel like lazy to do this all?
2: Yes, every morning. But it usually goes away by the time I sit down. I mean, sometimes you have bad days, sometimes you have good days.
0: Well, I don't think this is more energy intensive than like getting on the subway in new york like walking to the subway okay evan so you bike to work you don't own a car tell me about this decision you made at some point you said no more car i'm selling it and i'm not buying a new one and i remember being like what
2: uh i think it was almost entirely financial it was right when gas prices were super duper high this past fall I was spending like 700 hundred-ish dollars a month between insurance and gas and my car payment and all of that. It just didn't feel worth it.
0: And what were your main, I mean, it can't be just financial, right? Because you... Well,
2: no, no, you're right. I mean, I got a lot more annoying about it afterwards. Like, I, I was like, all right, there's got to be another way. You know, these kinds of more like leftist bike Twitter thoughts started to fester after I got rid of my car. Every time I go by a bicyclist, the worst thing that's happened is nothing. But usually you kind of like smile and like nod at each other or something like that. I have never smiled at somebody
4: in a car, ever, ever.
0: And I've seen that from bicyclists. (laughs) They hate me like just for being in a car.
4: I love riding the streets of Los Angeles. I love going in the middle of traffic. My name is Fabian Santiago. I've been in Los Angeles for most of my life. I haven't owned a car in over a decade. I take a little bit of joy when people get frustrated at me or honk at me. I'm just like, it's not my fault. They're stuck in traffic and I'm not, so.
2: What was your initial push to not have a car?
4: I used to work in Canoga Park. I would drive every single day from Culver City. My commute would be anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours. I would get on the ten to the four hundred five to the one oh one. It was just frustrating for me just to sit in a car for that long. Once I was able to move back to the west side, I kinda made a decision that I would never work more than what was in my ability to cycle to.
3: Well, aboard the Metro D line purple, this train's final destination is Union Station. It's like the
2: older subway line, line. so it is a little grimier than the newer trains. You can see kind of scuff marks everywhere and the floor is a little uneven from probably flooding here and then. But they have a lot of bike things, whereas the next one that we'll get on, much newer, much cleaner, fewer bike things, and often a lot more crowded.
0: Have you tracked how much money you have saved? Because I'm sure you've spent a little bit extra on like Ubers or I don't know, public transit or whatever. Have you kind of tracked that since you got rid of your car?
2: Well, I think I was spending around six to $800 on car stuff. One of my tires exploded while I was riding the other day. So I had to replace that. And then the other one was very near too. So that was like $150, I think, for both tires. Um, I got a, a new flashlight for the bike that was like 30 bucks. I bought a bike pump, and that was like $15. Well,
0: that's cheaper than filling up your gas tank.
2: <laughs> it is.
0: I want whatever I smell. Yeah, it always smells
2: specifically like Cinnabon, you like specifically here. Yeah, it's a free transfer, but mm-hmm. see, this is what is really annoying is sometimes these machines don't are annoying.
0: Oh, I found it.
1: I am Sayanne Weska and I work in Federal Coffee in West LA. It takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get here. Thank you. Can you say what kind of milk? Regular kind For sure. I take the 7.20 and the seven big blue bus to get to work. I used to live in Linwood and at the time it would take me two hours to commute to here. I recently moved to Koreatown which is a lot better. Two hours commuting is like four hours every day. So now it's just half of that, you know? What can, can I get you? Can I please have a medium 30 psi? Water Fine. I started taking the train when I was, I'm gonna say, 10 years old. My whole life, basically. My mom used to go to school in Koreatown and she would take me sometimes to her classes and we would take the train there too.
2: You can live car-free in LA. Yeah, it's not super easy. And yeah, you do have to make sacrifices. Pay more attention to where and when you can go out.
0: But it's not just about being car free, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, just any way you could try to make your life a little less car centric.
5: So I certainly enjoy driving, but I don't enjoy traffic. Living in this area in particular of Los Angeles, I get to enjoy everything on foot. I'm Andrew McLeod. I live in West Hollywood, California. Before that, I lived in New York City in Manhattan. I do own a car here in LA for a couple reasons. I've always loved cars, and that's one of the things that attracted me to living out here. But I'm all for not having to depend on the car for daily operations. Going on errands, I'll try and be strategic, so weather and time permitting, I can do it all on foot. That gives me the best of both worlds.
0: Okay, Andrew's interesting because he kind of represents this idea that you can still love cars and understand their usefulness, but not need to rely on it for your day-to-day life, even here in LA. And I think the idea of using a car less is something we all can strive for and relate to.
5: I'll walk to social things. I walked to a dinner party this weekend that was a little over two miles. And I just allocated the time so that I could stop and grab wine and do all the things. That way I don't have to think about parking. I don't have to deal with timing the Uber. I can enjoy a glass of wine and not worry about the car.
0: Another thing I will say is like, I obviously hate driving. I just do it because that's pretty much the only way to get around here. And I love walking, but I'm just not a big biker. What would you say to people who want to ride more public transit in LA, but don't want a bike?
2: So what I'd say is if you're lucky enough in Los Angeles to have the destination that you're trying to go to, whether it's work or play or whatever, and also your home, have a metro line in common, try it out. I think that life should have some friction in it. You see that in like our social media habits. I think you see that in our transportation habits for sure. But yeah, I think a lot of things are better when you have to put labor of some sort into it, you know, if you can, um, in order to just have what you want with a little bit less instant gratification.
5: An urban environment that's dependent on cars doesn't make a lot of sense and doesn't serve the community or the environment or anybody involved. So
2: as a non-native Angelino, but this is your new home, right? Did walking help you discover the city?
5: Oh, very much, yes. You know, when you're driving, it's hard to focus on anything but the road. So it frees you up to weave around, see so many different nooks and crannies that you wouldn't discover. Stores, restaurants, neighborhoods. I really love real estate and architecture. So the walks I started doing allowed me to see houses and properties in parts of town I would never have seen or gone in. Or even if I had driven there, I would have missed most of it.
1: I love commuting. I love seeing the whole city as a whole and going through different neighborhoods and, I don't know, kind of pretending what would happen if I lived here or who all of these different people are and what they do, where they're going. I feel like it's part of the reason why I'm, like, even living in L.A. to actually experience it. A lot of people just drive everywhere. and You become isolated and you don't meet anybody new. Like, I've made so many friends on the bus. You can't do that in car, you can't hang out with friends on the way home, you know?
4: Can
2: you get around in LA without a car?
4: Yeah, I think it's very possible to get around LA without a car. It actually has given me a bigger appreciation for the city because I am able to see more of the city. Once you get on the bike, you throw your leg over and you start pedaling. Sometimes it's a good day, sometimes it's a bad day. Uh, sometimes there's wind on your back, and there's sometimes there's wind on your face. I don't know. It just feels a lot more present.
2: Welcome aboard the Metro outline Gold. So you don't always get a place to put your bike on this one, which is sometimes really annoying.
0: What's this line called?
2: We're on the Gold Line.
0: The Gold Line is very pleasant. It's above ground, and it's... Kind of glides nicely it kind of reminds me of trains in europe it's like very pleasant ride it's quiet
2: so what would it take for you to de-emphasize your car's role in your life
0: so if i could wave a magic wand we would have a metro system where i could walk Less than 10 minutes to my nearest station and I can get on a train and it is above ground. (laughs) This is a magic wand. Maybe I have one transfer and the trains come very often and then I arrive less than a 10 minute walk to work.
2: And this is this.
0: Woo, okay, we're here. Are we on time? (laughs) Now we have to do this again on the way home. That was a lot.
2: That is where we're going to leave things for today. This is How to L.A. from L.A. Studios.
0: This episode was produced by us, Megan Botell.
2: And me, Evan Jacoby. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with an episode about where to check out some cool music in L.A. that's heavy on the bass.
0: And light on the wallet. (laughs)
3: Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. Hey, it's Brian, the host of the How to L.A. podcast. How about we go to the movies? Join us for a 10-part series, Revival House, and discover the magic of L.A.'s indie theaters. Who knows, you might meet someone. I know it sounds antithetical because you're just sitting passively but in fact you're connecting with everyone else around you subscribe to how to la from la studios wherever you listen to podcasts